Welcome to Equipping for Life. This is the Tony Palo Podcast. Ephesians chapter 1, verses 17 through 20. Everybody get your Bible or pretend like you have one. Make sure you have, make sure you have, um, make sure you keep it open and keep it on your phone. Ephesians chapter 1, verses 17 through 20. Here it goes. Now, we're talking about strength. This is our third part of strength, the power of God. Our target today, I want to share with you what we're going to be focusing on today. Our target today is Learning and discovering how to live in the power of God. We're talking about strength, okay? Last week I told you a story of a conversation that I had with a lifeguard friend of mine years ago when I was, my wife and I were working at a camp. And he said something very interesting. He said the worst thing to do is to attempt to rescue someone who doesn't want to be rescued. And then I thought, because, you know, the, he's saying that, that you want to look, if, if they had that frantic look where they have a lot of energy left, but they can't swim, what's going to happen is you're going to go attempt to rescue them, and they're going to drag you down with them. So it says usually you look, after three or five times, when they go under and come back up, they go under and they come back up. They go under and come back up. Usually it's around the fifth time that they go under and they don't come back up. He says, that's when I go get them, when there's nothing left. And I started thinking about how maybe God waits for you to come to the end of yourself because you still have all your resources left. You still have all your plans left. You still got your plan B. But faith does not reserve the right for me to have a plan B. Faith does not have a backup plan. And maybe God, in your mind, God's not coming through. But what God is waiting for you to do is for, for, for you to be able to relinquish everything you have and not come back up. So the next time he comes back up, it's, it's going to be because of the revelation of Christ on your life. Today, we're going to focus in on how to live in the power of God. And this prayer that essentially that Paul prays for the, uh, uh, the church of Ephesians at Ephesus is a capstone prayer. And this is his prayer. He says, I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ... The glorious Father may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation that you may know him better. I pray that the eyes of your heart, which is your soul, which is your spirit, I pray that the eyes of your heart be enlightened in order that you may know the hope for he has called you. The riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people. This is, we're going to be focusing in on verses 19 and 20. Verses 19 and 20 says this. And his incomparably great power for us who believe. That power is the same as the mighty strength he exerted when he raised Christ from the dead and seated him at the right hand of the, in the heavenly realms. We're talking about strength. We're talking about the power of God. And, and I'm come to realizing, or at least we need to, I need to come to realize that living under the scope of God's power and his strength comes from having insight into the word of God. The more I understand the Bible, the more I understand the benefit package of heaven, I feel like I expend less energy when I understand better the promises of God. And some of you are working diligently and expending a lot of energy 
and you're, you're, you're experiencing all these pains and agonies and this darkness in your life because you're not understanding God's word for your life. The Bible says in the Old Testament that, that uh, my people suffer for, from a lack of knowledge. My people perish from a lack of knowledge. There's so many people that struggle through life as if Christ never died on, and rose again. Okay, so this is the ultimate prayer that Paul prays over the church. And this prayer is pretty important because the life that you are living right now, right now, the, the life that you are living right now is based on the understanding of God's word. My life is fueled by an understanding of God's promises for my life. And I've always said this, my standing is based on my understanding. Whether or not I win or lose a battle is based on me understanding the Word of God. And this is why the Apostle Paul starts out very clearly by saying, I pray that the eyes of your heart be enlightened and that you understand with your spirit and your mind and your heart. And eyes be open and that you can know Him better. This is a capstone prayer, but we're focusing, we're in, third, in the third part of our series, Strength. So we're focusing in on verses 19 and 20 in, in, in the book of Ephesians. Today's target, again, is to have an understanding what it means to live through the power of God. To have an understanding of what it means to live through the power of God. So when I have a need, I go pray based according to my need. And the success of my prayer stems from my relationship with God. So the more you understand God the more you're apt to overcome stuff in your life. How you pray and what you ask from the Father is connected to what you understand about the Father. Okay, so we begin in verse 19 in the New Living Translation. Paul says, I also pray that you would understand the incredible greatness of God's power for us, for those who believe. This is Paul's desperate prayer. And he prays a pretty uh, uh, common, he prays this prayer that is connected to the prayer in, in Colossians chapter 1 verse 19. He says, my prayer is that you would understand. As a pastor of Restoration Church, I just pray that you guys can get what God is giving. There's a benefit package here assigned to you. The more you know, now Paul says that you would have the not, that you would know him better. Obviously, we're not talking about a brain knowledge, we're talking about a heart knowledge. So he says, he begins with this prayer, but the key thing about this prayer is how can we live out the power of God if, if we don't comprehend his provision? See, God's promises, what God is offering is his provision. And if I don't have a revelation of who God is in terms of Jehovah Jireh, our provider. See, some of you just, all you thought was about finances. We, th we hear the word Jehovah Jireh, we think, God's going to pay my bills. <laughs> Anybody? Yeah, I'm sure. But every once in a while I think that way, right? There's nothing. But there's so much more than God paying your bills. So Paul is bringing this manifestation of this, uh, of this word that if we don't get his provision, living out the strength of the Lord is going to be a struggle which causes us to pray meaningless prayers during our struggle like, Lord, give me strength. But today is not just about understanding his strength. Today is really about understanding his power, his provision, the unlimited resource. So what I did in, in, in this next verse was I took different words and different versions and I put it together and it reads this way. I pray that you may grasp 
the boundless, unlimited, immense greatness of his glorious way of life he has for you. Okay, now the word power, for those of you who are Greek scholars, the word power in the Greek is what? Dunamis, which we get the word power, dynamite. Now think about it this way. So Paul is using, Paul is using this illustration of dynamite that's been put inside of you. So he's using these different ex exaggerated words. So we have dynamite inside of us, and we pray that God gives us firecrackers. There's this unlimited source of power, and we pray for strength. It's like asking for a $10 loan from a billionaire. It's like asking for all of the oceans in the world to be fit inside of a cup. And so this power, this dunamis power, which means spiritually explosive, dynamic living force, is living inside of you. And according to scriptures, it says this power is directed, and it's directly for you. He doesn't lend you his power. It's a part of who you are. Now, it's different languages that translated the original Greek into their language really had difficulty with this premise right here. Because in the King James Version, it talks about this incomparable power. And so the, the, these languages are having difficulty translating into their language because how do you take heaven God's power. How do you take all of the energy of the cross of Jesus Christ? How do you take this, this eternal power, the power of Almighty God, and put it and let it reside in feeble, little, old, dislocated, weak us? How do you downsize the power of God and put it into a body that one day is going to turn into dust? So, certain languages were having some difficulties. How do we express that? It's something you really just can't understand with your mind or your, or, or your brain. I remember we went to Guatemala years ago. We would go every year, and, and they, they have a language called Kekchi, which was a language. It's a pretty new language. It's an ancient language, but a newly documented language where in 1952, they were able to translate the Bible into Kekchi. And so there were certain terms that they had difficulty translating. So one of the terms that they, they had difficulty translating was God is love. God has a plan for your life. Like, how can you take such an incredible, vast concept like God and say, loves me, all in the same sentence? This, and this is one of those cases that when Paul brings this uh, across, it was so difficult. In the New King James Version, he says, incomparable power, which in the original language was hyperbolo, which we get our word hyperbole. So we're talking about this incomparable power that is vast, that is overwhelming, that's overboard, that's exaggerated, that's all-powerful, mighty power, mighty strength inside of you. And then we go, oh, God, give me strength. <laughs> oh, God, give me strength. Now, this power works as you use it. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. So resistance weight training, help me out, Hulk. Are you supposed to get stronger the more you resist? So this kind of power works better and multiplies when you're fighting a battle. It doesn't work 
when you're lazy. See, miracles don't happen to lazy people. First of all, miracles happen because you need one. <laughs> kind of, that's how I think it. Anyway, you, you might think of it another way. Miracles don't happen because you're lazy. He, he, he say, rewards those who diligently seek him. So the promises of God are really not connected to lazy seekers. The promises of God are connected to seekers who are diligent. So all of heaven is downsized, jammed back in you now. This is that power. And Paul says, I pray that you grasp it. <laughs> I pray that you understand it. Don't try to understand it with your mind. Understand it with your spirit. But the key thing about this strength and this power is that you have to come to an end of yourself. And this is why the lifeguard says, oftentimes I'll just wait for the person to be at that pre-drowning phase where they got nothing left. You may get a little water in your lungs, but you'll be rescued. See, if you're not ready to be rescued, you're going to take me down with you. How many, you know somebody says, I need help, and they don't really want help, they want attention? Oh, so you know, are they here now? Don't look! Seriously, they're here! <laughs> I need to be rescued. You don't, you don't want to be rescued. You see, it seems like people get, it seems like people are more comfortable with, with attention than with agreement in prayer. And so what God is looking for now, for you to come to an end of yourself. You, anybody here, body, barbecues here? Nobody? I'm going to use this illustration anyway. You've come to the end of your tank, your propane tank. What do you do? Switch it. Take it out. You put one that's full. Now, I'm an imagery person, so what I see, I say, God, I, I say this prayer when things are going well. I say, God, today I'm going to need you. We've, we've come to terms where we pray that prayer when we're in crisis, but pray that prayer when things are going really well. Switch the tanks out. You've been relying too much on your strength, and some of you have been relying too much on your own sources and your own resources. But Paul says, I hope that you grasp this, that all of heaven is stored in you. Verse 20 says it this way, that power is the same as the mighty strength he used to raise Jesus from the dead. Let's think of it this way. The power is the unlimited resource, the reservoir. The strength is the exertion from that reservoir. The power is the unlimited, boundless, endless, bottomless, to infinity and... Always there. The strength, you have the power, the Holy Spirit, dynamite, and the strength is what is exerted. So the power is the Holy Spirit. And it says that same, the strength that exerted from the power to raise Jesus Christ from the dead. So whatever power on the strength, on whatever strength on the power meter it took, the Bible says that you have the same power inside of you. And we go, Oh, God, give me strength. It's like asking for $10 from a billionaire. God's like, is that it? Is that it? And that's why I've come to terms with the Lord. He's convicted me because he's like, you know, that's an insulting prayer because you already have the power. The power is residing inside of you. That power that rose Jesus from the dead. So he exerts his strength. The power is the tank. The strength is the torque. The strength is the horsepower. The strength is the energy that rose Jesus from the dead. But the thing that we complicate with this is that we want to have our own base. We want to have our own stuff. 
We See, faith doesn't give you the right to know the details. Faith means you have to come to the end of yourself. And some of you are saying, God, when are you going to rescue me? And God is saying, listen, a true rescue is when you have the revelation is you come to me naked. You come to me with nothing. And when I was basic training in Fort Sill, Oklahoma, uh, a couple of wee years back, um, we had five drill sergeants. And we had this one drill sergeant. His name was uh, Drill Sergeant Fredrickson. Yes, Drill Sergeant! And he, all our drill sergeants would swear, just, just saying mean stuff that I can't say from here. Um, well, I shouldn't say at all, right? Um, but then we had this one drill sergeant that he was a, and we said, this guy's got to be a Christian. Because all the other drill sergeants were swearing, and this one drill sergeant called us a doo-doo head. <laughs> I'm like, this guy's a Christian. He's not swearing. He says, let's go. He says, let's go, you poopy heads. This guy must know Jesus. And sure enough. But this one drill sergeant, Mr. Uh, uh, Mr. Wow, uh, uh, sergeant, drill sergeant Frederick said, man, in the mornings, 4.30, in the morning, 4.30 a.m., before coffee and eggs and bacon and all that stuff, you had to do your push-ups and physical training. He, we were, every morning, 75 push-ups, 75 sit-ups, uh, leg lifts, uh, uh, mountain climbers, all, you know, all, uh, uh, grass drills, mud drills if it was raining, and everything like that. Every morning. But for Drill Sergeant Fredrickson, we called him 100 push-up Drill Sergeant. Because even before we did all of those things, he said, 100 push-ups right now. He says, my job is to bring you to the end of yourself, and then we can build something. I'm like, that all sounds good, but I can't do 100 push-ups. My job is to bring you to the point. He even used this phrase. I remember the phrase he used. He says, my job is to bring you to the point of muscle failure. And then you would go to the clinic, and they would give you a red card tied around your button, which means you couldn't lift your arms higher than this. I never got those because I, I thought that was for wimps. <laughs> but he says, my job, my, I'm going to build you up on a platform where you come to the end of yourself. And some of you have not experienced the supernatural curriculum of heaven because you still got it all going on. You're still trying to build the Tower of Babel. And look at me. I'm going to build this tower so I could reach God, so I could say that I did it. I did it. Look at me. Look at me. And your resume is too impressive to experience something supernatural. But what needs to happen here is happening. You call it crisis. God's saying, nope, everything's according to plan. What you call a crisis, God is calling a breakthrough. What tasks are you taking on right now? Exerting all your strength. You're tired. You're beat up. You can't sleep. It's affecting you physically. You're, you're stressed out. You're high, your blood pressure's all over the place. What tasks are you taking on right now? that comes from a reservoir not authored by God. What are you doing right now that God's saying, let's go. That's our little signal. <laughs> it was like a secret signal. because I would go, huh, let's go. Time to go to church. And then she goes, you know, people could see that. I'm like, but they don't know what this means. Do you guys know what this means? Oh, we had to do another signal that hard sign. I don't know. It's just like, where are signals? I thought that was secret. God's saying, let's wrap this up. You say, I feel like things are falling apart. That's exactly what's happening. Because things falling apart is a perfect base 
for things being built up in your life. God started building you up. The day you came to Jesus, you didn't have it all together. Remember, you remember the day you, you didn't come to Jesus and say, oh, man, I feel pretty good today. Man, look at my check. Wow. Look at my bank app. Wow, things are going great. Awesome. Oh, man, I need Jesus today. You said, I'm a mess. I'm a hot mess, and I need a Savior. I mean, Jesus waited till you almost drowned and then rescued you. You had muscle failure. And then we were ready to build something. You're still using your own propane tank. You got to let the 100 push-ups of life take everything out of you and then say, I'm ready. Or you could do what Jesus did. He came empty. He says, you want to live, you got to die. You want to come full, you got to be empty. You want to be first, you got to be last. You could either start this and say, I'm ready, God. I am completely empty. Or you could allow life to rob you of everything. And then Jesus comes in as a rescuer. See, God is an exerting God, exerting the energy of heaven through you. And this, all the scriptures that we know about, about faith and about power and about strength, Ephesians 6.10, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Joshua 1.9, be strong and very courageous. Zechariah 4.6, it is not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. So this power that we're talking about is like an internal combustion engine. I don't know if you've ever, I hiked a couple of years ago with Pastor Anthony. Remember Mount Washington? Yeah. Man. And Ed Freeman's trying to get me again. I'm like, let's wait a couple of decades. And so I don't know if you know that there's a train that goes up. It's called a cog train. And it's an internal combustion engine. So I got a little red little thing, and I got a little tour, and the guy says the internal combustion engine, basically what it means is that the more resistance the train experiences, the more powerful it gets. I was like, hmm, I like that. So this kind of power, this kind of strength works better when you're going through something. If, you're not, if things are perfect, see, when lightning hits, we think lightning comes this way. But there's something on that ground somewhere that's attracting lightning, and it's actually going opposite. It looks like, but in split second, it's doing this rather than this. So there's something in that moment that's attracting an electrical current. So I pray that lightning strikes twice. I pray that there's something that attracts heaven in you. And all it is is a yes, is what you said. Yes. Yes, Lord, to your way, to your will. Don't wait until life has to take you apart. Don't build anything. Don't do anything. Just surrender your life to the Lord. The working of the power that is in you works better when you're going through resistance. You're going up a mountain, perfect. You're going through something, perfect. God is an exerting God. And he expresses his movements and his covenant promises through your life. Miracles need bodies. And so the power of heaven needs a tank and he chose you and he chose me so what we have to do is take that empty tank and say god i'm empty see you can't fill it something that's full that, yeah that makes sense right something full you can't fill it <laughs> to think about what i say sometimes so if you're full of what um yourself or other things it could be good things, but it's become a distraction because it's pushed God out of the way. And God is just waiting for you to go down a couple of more times. 
Because if he does it now, you won't get the revelation. The rescue is not for your safety. The rescue is for the revelation. So let the last time he rescued you be the last time. It's time to experience favor. It's time to get plugged in. No, I'm already plugged in. Hold on a second. The generator is inside of me. I'm not plugging into an external source. The source is inside of me. This dynamite inside of me, and I keep praying for firecrackers. Why do you keep praying? I mean, God will keep giving you firecrackers. That's your level of revelation. But the problem with that is that some of you are in motion. Some of you are, 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 are taking on assignments and taking on tasks, drawing from a power not authored by God. This is about his strength, his power. Every assignment involves the supernatural. So... How do you pray? On good days, like yesterday, because we're in spring, right? <laughs> Technically. On good days, I say, God, I need you. And then on days that they are not so good, I say, it's important to pray those prayers, not when, just when things are going bad. When things are going great. I say, God, thank you for being my God. I'm... I'm Every morning, before I swing my feet over the side of my bed, I say, God, today I'm going to need you. Things are going good so far. So I swing my legs over. But today I'm going to need you is a reminder of every single day living off of a vessel that's empty. You want to be full? Be empty. You want to live? Die to self. You want to be first? Be last. It's so opposite. So opposite these crazy things and this is why Jill Sergeant Fredrickson made us do 100 push-ups and look at me <laughs> I survived Brian you survived you did it Brian could do 100 push-ups now no he can't he came back from Dominican Republic one two oh it's a and, and the thing is, Paul says, I hope you grasp this. Oh, pastor, pray for me. I just need this. I'm a, I just, no, I pray that the eyes of your heart be enlightened. Oh, pastor, I don't know. I just, I, I pray for strength. I pray that the eyes of your heart be enlightened. Because the things that we pray apart from revelation are God saying, you kids ever ask you for something? And you're like, oh, my good, stop. God don't say, well, maybe, I don't know, Frank. I, I have a feeling he does we're going to get to heaven. He goes, I can't believe you made it, Noel. <laughs> Let's get back. Paul says, so that you can know him better. And when I know my God better, I do great exploits. I cease wasting and expending wasteless energy when I know my God who that same power, dynamite, lives inside of me. That kind of causes me to put my shoulders back. Some people call it ego. That's not what I call it. <laughs> there was a gentleman here years ago. He says, yeah, my wife's going to another church, and we're kind of looking around churches and stuff like that. And she says, yeah, she don't want to come here because, you know, she says, you have an ego. And I said, no, he doesn't. I'm like, no, I tell her I do. Tell her I do. <laughs> we all have some, but here's the deal. 
let your ego be based not only in who you are, but whose you are. So when you discover whose you are, you're like, Haters going to hate. Haters are my motivators. Can't be worried about what people are saying. Heaven's dynamite is inside of me. Step back. And that's why I always say to you, your future is bright. Why? Because it's in the Bible. It's in the Bible. He says, I pray that you grasp this. I pray that Restoration Church grasps this. And I pray that the lightning that hits into your life, it's a result of heaven seeing something in you. You're attracting covenant. You're attracting something from heaven. So good things happening, not to make you happy. Good things are happening in your life so that all of heaven and earth could see that there is a God. Father God, thank you for this moment. We are eternally grateful. My God, my God. Thank you for your word. Ooh, Jesus. I keep asking the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you can know him better. So, don't allow life to bring you to the end of yourself. You come to the end of yourself by saying, God, I'm all in. I'm all in. I got nothing left. I want all of you. May I decrease so that you can increase. If Jesus is not increasing, that means I'm not decreasing. If Jesus is decreasing, that means I'm increasing. My life, all my plans, my dreams, my desires are yours and yours alone. If you are here this morning and you do not have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, you don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ, I want, I want to help you today. I want to give you an understanding that one day Jesus is coming back. It's going to rapture the church, ladies and gentlemen. It's going to happen. We don't know when. But I pray you're ready. If you're watching from home, I pray that you are ready. But if you are not ready, why don't you say this prayer after me? And if everyone here could join me here this afternoon. Dear Jesus, I believe in you. I receive you as my Lord and Savior. I'm a sinner. And I need forgiveness. Forgive me. I need your grace and your mercy. Take away my sins, my shame, and doubt. I surrender my life to you. It's yours. Come and live in my heart. In Jesus' name, amen. I want to celebrate with you today. How many of you prayed that prayer for the first time? If that's you, I see you on my left. Anyone else? Anyone else? You prayed that prayer. I see you, sir. Anyone else? You prayed that prayer for the first time on my left and on my right. Anybody else? I see you way in the back, sir. God bless you. I see you. Anyone else? Listen, this is more. I just let you know, this is the most important decision you've ever made right now. How many of you attest to the fact? You agree with me? Right now, 
The angels of heaven are having a party because you gave your life to the Lord. Do me a favor. There's a young lady at the Welcome Center called Patty. She's going to head there now. I want you to see her. She's going to give you information. I feel responsible, spiritually responsible for you now to help you structure things for you to experience God's blessing on your life that whatever it is that you're going through, God is going to redefine and give you a new perspective. And your future is truly, truly bright. Thank you for listening. Tony Paolo is the lead pastor of Restoration Church. If you would like more information, go to restorationchurchri.com.